We've covered the basic terrain of the representational principle in Van Til's thought by focusing first on what that representational principle means when it comes to the being and persons of the Godhead. And it's absolutely critical to remember that before we even speak of that turn toward creation, Van Til makes the point about the persons of the Godhead that they are mutually exhaustive and mutually representational. They mutually exhaust the undivided essence of God in the relation of subsistence. They mutually exhaust one another in relations of coherence. And so whether it is person in relation to essence or person in relation to person, there is mutual exhaustion. And then, as a consequence of that, and understood in light of that mutual exhaustion, mutual representation. Each person represents the entire essence of God. Each person represents the others as they have this exhaustively interior personal relation of perichoresis. Now, this means then that in the Trinity, as Van Til says, as we pick up now, in the Trinity there is completely personal relationship without residue. I want to pause and comment on that briefly. What he means by without residue is this, that you have one absolute personality. Remember the entailments of the numerical unity and the divine simplicity of God's essence. One mind, one will, one intelligence, one consciousness, one absolute personality. And as each person subsists distinctly as that one undivided essence, there is no residue of impersonality anywhere. Likewise, as person indwells person, there is the ineffable interiority of that relationship so that it's personal without residue. So whether you're thinking in terms of relations of subsistence or relations of coherence, Van Til's point is that in the ontological trinity there is completely, exhaustively personal relationship without residue. And then he says this, and for that reason it may be said that man's actions are all personal too. There is where Van Til brings us to consider the creator-creature relation. And I'll, I'm going to erase on this side of the board and help you recognize this, that in that relationship between the creator and the creature, it is the exhaustively personal representation, and I won't put it all on the board, but the exhaustively personal representation we've spoken of here, that makes Adam personal in relation to God. It, that accounts for the personal relationship that is represented by these lines. One line representing the work of creation and image endowment. This other line representing um, voluntary condescension and covenant, the covenant 
of works prior to the fall, an act of special providence, a work of creation. I'll spell that out more, special providence. So whether we're thinking in terms of the work of creation or the temporally um, identical voluntary act of providential condescension, Adam is placed in an environment that is exhaustively revelational of God, exhaustively representational of God, and he is in a personal relationship of fellowship that can be advanced by covenant. So Van Til says this, the representational principle gives content to the analogical relation between the creator and the creature. The representational principle gives concrete content to the analogical relation between the creator and the creature. And is the category to be invoked when we think of the anthropomorphism of the condescension. Van Til, as we've said previously, says, we must think of ourselves as finite analogs of the fullness of God's being. In the past, when we looked at that quotation and listened to what Van Til was saying, God is immutable and impassable. The creature is mutable and passable. But in the representational principle, as it informs this, that immutable and impassable God is exhaustively personal. And the mutable and passable creature, as an image bearer, is in a personal relationship of religious worship by nature and covenantal fellowship by virtue of divine condescension. So Van Til's concern is that we begin with the self-contained, eternal and immutable dynamism of the triune God who is absolute personality. It is not only the fact that God is absolute personality, but that he remains such at every point in the creator-creature relation. So let us review and relate what we've said in a previous module. God remains immutable and, pass and impassable at every point of the creator-creature relation. So likewise, God remains absolutely personal at every point of the creator-creature relation. So we can say that in relation to creation, God remains who he is from all eternity, namely, immutably and exhaustively personal, as we've spoken of these relations of subsistence and coherence. Thus, all manner of activity is ascribed to this God, the immutable, absolute, and absolute personality who is the triune God, the creature's temporal mode of existence is an analog, a finite replica of his self-contained, eternal, personal relations. Creatures in time have personal relation to God in time, and that temporal relation is the finite replica, the created analog of this exhaustively personal 
triune God who is and remains forever self-contained, immutable, and impassable. Whether we speak of him in himself, the ontological trinity, or whether we speak of him in his sovereignly willed new relation to creation, the economic aspect of the trinity, God remains identical with who he is from all eternity. There's no change in that new relation. He's absolute, eternal, dynamic, and tripersonal. So the single-sentence way to summarize Van Til's point is that Adam's temporal, temporal and mutable personal fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden is a finite replica of the absolute triune personal God in himself from all eternity. It's God's eternal identity as exhaustively personally representative that grounds Adam as an image bearer and a federal head. Now what I want us to do is recognize this and, and develop this, that when we think of the creator-creature relationship, it's going to have what I like to call, and Van Til would say this, an epistemological implication. The epistemological implication. And I want you to notice this too, and this will help you recognize how Ventil relates to Enlightenment thinkers like Kant, who make everything an epistemological issue. Before Ventil speaks of the epistemological implication, he begins with the ontological trinity as the interpretive concept everywhere. But once this is in place, Van Til presents the representational principle as the development of Calvin's theology of general revelation, and in particular, of the census divinitatis. Van Til's discussion of Calvin's contribution to Christian epistemology in the survey of Christian epistemology involves three key areas. The knowledge of God, the doctrine of God, and the doctrine of the Trinity. And the epistemological implication, or the implication for human knowledge, for image bearers' knowledge of God, moves Van Til in the direction of what we will call later a transcendental critique of Western thought. But not to get to that yet, let's talk about Calvin's view. According to Calvin, and this is what Van Til says the representational principle grounds, creatures or image bearers know God in the same mental act of knowing themselves and the world. When viewed in light of the representational principle, Van Til is going to argue that knowledge of the absolutely personal triune God coincides with creaturely consciousness itself, so that it is impossible for the creature to know anything about self or world without at the same time knowing this absolutely personal triune God, or the triune God who is absolute personality. 
One of Van Til's main concerns in his discussion of Calvin is the development of what he calls Calvin's personalistic approach to theology. And this should not be confused with either Boston personalism or the personalism that we find in the 20th and 21st century, which is a species of mutualism. Whatever we're going to say about Van Til's development of Calvin's personalist uh, theology, we have to recognize it is anti-mutualist at the core and can no way be confused with the correlativism, mutualism, or personalism of 20th and 21st century theologies that commingle the creator and the creature by either adding created properties to God or God submerging himself into the contingency of history and becoming in a, in a functional way indistinguishable from it. So Van Til says this. Van Til says, quote, Calvin has really made an advance in the direction of a truly Christian theistic epistemology. He says, Calvin's theology furnishes the only completely personalistic interpretation of reality because the only alternative to this personalistic view is that reality should be completely impersonal. Now, here is what Van Til is driving at. The representational principle and its, its epistemological implication aims to develop what Calvin called the sensus divinitatis or the sensus dietatis. He says this, Calvin's theology of the sensus divinitatis means that man cannot exist and has never existed apart from a sense of deity. This is Calvin's way of saying that man's knowledge of himself and knowledge of God come simultaneously. In other words, Ventil says, Calvin did not think that man could know himself first, following Socrates, and after that know God. The knowledge of self and the knowledge of God is included in one act of thought. And on this point, Ventil is simply echoing Warfield, who in his exposition of Calvin says this in Augustine and Calvin, the knowledge of God is given in the very same act by which we know self. For when we know self, we must know it as it is, and this means co-knowledge with self of that on which self is dependent, namely God. We know God in knowing self. Put slightly differently, Warfield says for Calvin, the knowledge of God is given in the same act of knowledge by which we know ourselves. Now, this lies at the heart of a reformed epistemology, according to Van Til. As is well known, Calvin argues in the first chapter of the Institutes the following, and I'll quote this. He says, Almost the whole of our wisdom, insofar as it ought to be deemed true and solid wisdom, consists in two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. 
But as these are connected by many ties, it is not easy to determine which of the two proceeds and produces the other. For in the first place, no man can look at himself, but he must immediately turn to the contemplation of God in whom he lives and moves. And he says, we cannot obtain a clear and solid knowledge of God without a mutual acquaintance of ourselves. What that means is this. Contrary to a Roman Catholic conception of general revelation, man, let's think of Adam in the garden, did not have simply the capacity to know God as a potentiality that could be actualized through proper function. Instead, knowledge of God is a given in the very act of knowing self. Knowledge of God is not something simply discovered by rational reflection on raw empirical data. Knowledge of God is a datum of revelation itself. Revelation, knowledge of God implanted in man, concreated in man as the image of God by which he has natural religious fellowship with God, and a knowledge of God from the things that are external, that are given to man in the act of knowing anything at all. Van Til's point is this. Creature consciousness includes within its primal operation the knowledge of God. It's not simply that man has reason and has a will and is an analog to God, a classical Roman Catholic view of the image. It's instead that when Adam was formed from the dust of the earth in Genesis 2-7, when his body was formed from the dust and God breathed the breath of life into him, 2-7, A and B. In that event as Adam had consciousness for the very first instant as a creature, he was created with a, with a knowledge of God innate and inalienable to the image in which he was created. And by that endowment, by that self-revelation of God, he knew God. He was created in true what? Not only original righteousness and holiness, but knowledge of God. Calvin speaks of this regularly. And Van Til recognizes this and says that if you ask this question, what is the Trinitarian foundation for this sense of deity implanted in man as an image bearer, this knowledge of God given to Adam as an image bearer from the primal operations of his consciousness so that in knowing himself, he knows God, Van Til said you must look to the representational principle. The correlation of knowledge between God and man, where in knowing self, man knows God, that is the logic of the census divinitatis. And so Van Til says that Calvin's thought, this is a quote from uh, the Survey of Christian Epistemology um, in chapter uh, 9. He says, Calvin's thought was concrete in the true sense of the word because the knowledge of self 
and the knowledge of God is included in one act of thought. That is not the deliverance of Roman Catholic theology. That is not the deliverance of neo-Orthodox or consistently modernist theology. That is not the produce of Arminian or Pelagian theology. It's not the produce of Lutheran theology. This is the produce of distinctively Calvinistic epistemology. And Van Til has in mind, when he speaks of this concrete aspect of Calvin's thought, that there is no aspect of human existence or knowledge that is immune from or excised from a covenantal encounter with the claims of the triune God. He makes himself known to image bearers at every point of their conscious thought. And so, given Calvin's theological assessment of this uh, relationship, Van Til makes it explicit that he is supplying, in his own mind, a, a distinctive Trinitarian foundation so that Calvin's theology here of Adam and the census divinitatis might come to its full fruition. Van Til says, speaking of Calvin, every man has a sense of deity within him. Men have in their own persons a factory where the innumerable operations of God are carried on. And Van Til says, this is revelation within man. Therefore, Van Til, focusing on this, this fact, argues that if you're looking for the foundation for God being represented, made known to man at every point of creation externally and creation internally, you need to have a representational principle in place. Here's what Van Til says. I'm going to give you just a few quotes where he parses this out and expands this theology of the census divinitatis squarely in light of the representational principle. He says, knowledge of God is in man by virtue of his creation as the image of God. This may be called innate knowledge. But as such, it must be distinguished from the innate ideas of idealist philosophy. For the innate knowledge that Calvin thinks of is based upon the idea of man's creation as the image of God. And as such, it is correlative to the idea of revelation to man mediated through the facts of his environment also created by God. No idealist can affirm this. Isn't he even interested in this? Regarding Calvin's formulation, again, Van Til says, Calvin simply followed St. Paul in the idea that God has never left himself without a witness to man. He witnessed to them through every fact of the universe from the beginning of time. No rational creature can escape this witness. It is the witness of the triune God whose face is before man everywhere and at all time. Man had originally not merely a capacity for receiving the truth, he was in actual possession of the truth. 
And that which spoke to his senses from without, that which spoke to his intellect from within, was the voice of God. Even when his eyes are closed upon the external world, his internal sense would manifest God to him in his constitution. Van Til amplifying Calvin and putting it in the context of the representational principle. You see, God's general revelation is clear and pervasive and personal, reaching all people in all places at all times. And so Van Til says, as image bearer, man is confronted with God, addressed by God, exists in the relationship of covenantal interaction. He is a covenant being. To not know God, he would have to destroy himself, and he cannot do this. He says, even Adam in paradise, for him, God consciousness could not come at the end of a syllogistic process of reasoning. God consciousness was for him the presupposition of the significance of reasoning about anything. To the doctrine of creation, he says, must be added the conception of the covenant. Man's creature consciousness may therefore be more particularly signaled as covenant consciousness. Covenant consciousness envelops creature consciousness so that even in paradise, Adam knew that as a creature of God, it was natural and proper that he should keep the covenant God had made with him. Natural as an image bearer, proper as a federal head, enveloped in an environment revelational of God. So Van Til reminds us that if we want to hold to the census divinitatis, if we want to maintain this exhaustive revelation of God that encounters man as an image bearer at every point in his created environment, not only specifically as the image of God, Genesis 2-7, and the covenant of works speaking to Adam as such, but the sum total of created reality revealing God, if we want to find the foundation for that, the epistemological implication is the implication that comes from this God revealing himself to man and imparting a knowledge in natural and special forms of revelation. So for Van Til, this representational principle is going to ground the reform doctrine of the image, the reform doctrine of the covenant of works, and the reform doctrine of the inalienable sensus divinitatis and the absolutely inescapable, all-pervading self-revelation of God that envelops all creatures at all times everywhere. This is the produce of the representational principle.